Yeah, I feel like I feel like we went to the Stone Ages. Like, I can still buy my tickets online, but I can't pick where I want to sit in them, even though they all have numbers. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, a dark universe is born, Mike. Born. So dark. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear. And in on the opposite end of the spectrum, Sony is moving forward with their unwanted universe. <laughs> That's one way to put that it. That is very unwanted. Uh, the New Mutants also get a little scary. Ooh. All right. And more. All right. And more. And- so what what have you been up to, man? This is the it's the Memorial Day weekend. It's a yes. longer weekend for us, so we've we've kind of postponed the recording that we usually do until later in the evening. So hopefully, no surprising news has snuck up us on us yet. Sometimes we'll like be done with our recording and like, oh, big news just came out. So I think we've got it all for the weekend yeah. so far. If you're not if you're listening to us on your your Tuesday commute to work, um, so if anything's come out Monday, we don't know yet. We'll talk about it next time. But I, I keep up the note. The notes. There's nothing going on here. But this weekend has just been a a whirlwind. I don't remember what I did on Saturday. I need to. <laughs> I need to really track down myself here because I played. I've been playing Injustice Two, like I said, um, mm-hmm. some video games. Um, not really watching a lot of TV shows. I've been filming a lot of new stuff. I've got a lot of new projects in the wings coming up here, including yeah, you're busy man, including a new project called Animation Marvels. Where we sit down and go through Marvel's animated video library, uh, starting with movies and then moving to the TV shows and talking about what was good, what was bad, and that's hosted with my friend uh, Brandon Jones, uh, who hosts a podcast called Animation Destination. So now that'll be really interesting, mainly because when people think of kind of these animated uh, comic book movies even tv shows they're usually thinking about the dc stuff just because they always knock it out of the park with that you know their dc movies can be mature sometimes they have awesome shows like justice league and batman the animated series but i would actually yeah marvel is very kind of unknown like i've seen a couple stuff crop up on netflix every once in a while and Mm -hmm. i've watched it and it's been pretty good but there doesn't seem to be any sort of like direction or drive or or path moving forward with the, any sort of animated yeah. Marvel stuff. It, it's a very interesting beast because it happened like between the the early two thousands of superhero boom and the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it now, uh, and that's where they all kind of exist, except for some TV shows. We all know the X Men show from the nineties and Spider Man nineties TV shows, but these movies exist in this weird little framework, and they're half adaptations, half not adaptations. But it's really interesting to see our first episode. We talked about the Marvel's Ultimate Avengers animated movie. Mm-hmm. How the Marvel Cinematic Universe took a lot from that, actually. So the Cinematic Universe borrowed from these animated movies to become what it is today. So I, I, I think it's really awesome. I think our conversation... I know Marvel. He knows animation. And like that combination just really really clicks so really awesome clicks. man i'm looking I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah yeah what about you mike what about you i don't know what you've been up to we kind of went radio dark this weekend well no i mean real, no uh, real reason other than the fact <laughs> we're busy. well the, this weekend since uh we live in beautiful southern california we hit up the beach and like i've said on this show many times uh chris and i are very much inside cats so uh uh i i you know i i did my best to 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 um fare against the sun it won a little bit, you know. I did my best with the sunscreen, so I got some awkward red spots on me from just awkward positions I was sitting down <laughs> on. So um, I'm, do- I'm doing my I'm doing my best to uh, to remain uh, as uncrispy as possible. But luckily, no burns that keeps me uh, from sleeping. Those are always the worst. Okay. You never want to get a sunburn on the side of the bed you sleep on, or some people sleep on their back, some people sleep on their side. Whatever it is, don't get burned where you sleep. Always think about that when you're outside this summer, because like sunburns, you can manage them, but like, oh, if you can't fall asleep, it's just it's just the worst. Man. Oh man, I I I hate sun blisters. The worst. <laughs> like, it's it's because it's like a pain that doesn't go. No matter what you do, you can't just take pop a couple Advil and it goes mm-hmm. away. It's always there until it's done. So I um yeah, I hope you didn't. I hope you didn't get burnt too bad. <laughs> well, so summer summer tips uh, directly given to me from my wife. Uh, when you get sunburn, drink plenty of water, 
and uh, like and as soon as like you're like done out of the sun, I guess you, you pop a couple ibuprofen, and that's gonna like help kind of uh, uh, stunt maybe some of the growth of the sunburn. I'm not 100% sure, so so watch out there for the sun, everybody. Uh, but today I've been remedying any sort of sunburn with the new crew trime ad- addiction that's out there on Netflix which is called The Keepers, Chris. Have you heard of The Keepers? This is the first I've heard of The Keepers. <laughs> I think I might have been the first one that told you anything about making a murder or two back uh, back last year well, when I was addicted to that show, normally too. Normally, I, I like, see things on, like, you know, articles, like, you should watch this show, or you should watch your, the show you should be watching now. This is the first I've heard of this completely. Okay, well, okay, I feel good, because this is, like, brand new, so... Okay. I waited way too long to jump on Making a Murderer to where after I was done watching it, everybody was already done talking about it. <laughs> but now uh, The Keepers, it's like brand new. I think it just dropped maybe last weekend or maybe even this weekend is the first weekend. I'm not 100% sure. But it's all about this crew tr- this crew tr- crime that happened back in the 60s where like this young nun died in Baltimore and there's like all this craziness that circles around it in the Catholic Church and all these allegations popping up and people coming out of the woodwork and these investigations. And it's like crazy. I think there's like about seven episodes. Mm-hmm. They're roughly about an hour hour long and it's really addicting it's not something you're going to be able to watch like one episode at a time you're going to want to like binge watch the whole thing so if you got like memorial day off on monday just like wake up and just like it's seven hours straight just like watch it it's like super addicting it's crazy it's insane obviously it has nothing to do with superheroes or superhero news but sometimes you know you got to expand a little bit go out to the crew tr- crew crime man i cannot say true crime to save my life crew crime <laughs> It's crew yeah. time. Crew time. That's all you got to do. You can get your croutons on, but uh, it's really addicting. So we're about halfway through that right now. Took a break just to record this podcast for, for all you guys out there. So consider yourself lucky because if you start watching it, you're going to realize that it's hard to pull yourself away. So, yeah, that's what we're watching today. And hopefully uh, by, like, I don't know, 1 a.m. tonight, maybe we'll be done with it. <laughs> all right. So that's that's a uh, Netflix-only series, correct? Yes. The Keepers on Netflix. Okay. You it will get you glued to your couch i just did a google while you were doing that and everyone's (laughs) like you should watch this but like it was only like a day ago when they said this so mike's ahead of that mill like he's going hard at it giving us well i'm proud i'm proud of you for doing a google i did a google and i actually want to chime in with my own sunburn uh, remedy last time i got one (laughs) um was actually apple cider vinegar on a cloth and rub it against your skin takes away the sting well maybe that apple cider vinegar has something similar to do with my uh, wife's other tip of like green tea. I guess you drink it. I guess you also kind of rub it on your skin. Seems like there's stuff out there you can actually do for sunburn. So it's not the end yeah. of the world, I suppose. It is. That's it. Once you get a sunburn, it's yeah. over. Just, you're done. That's it for life. Yeah. So so, so I guess I guess en- uh, enough about uh, inside nerds talking about sunburns. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you think we've gotten a few on accident over the years. But, uh, I mean, if we're going to talk about things that are going to make you want to just, you know, end your life, let's let's jump into this, oh, <laughs> the Sony universe. Now, we forgot to mention this last week because it came up, I think, over the weekend or close to the weekend. But Sony is moving forward with their Venom film. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hardy has been quote-unquote, officially cast as Eddie Brock in this movie. Yeah, and talk about confusing news because, like, I mean, that's kind of like dream casting right there. Like, you're, if you're if you're sitting down with your friends talking about, like, what's the best way to actually make yourself excited for a Venom movie? It's to cast somebody good as Venom. And then when you throw Tom Hardy into the mix, which is basically everybody wants him in everything, like Christopher Nolan loves him. You know, he's been in superhero stuff before. So you're just like, okay, this is good. Like, he actually kind of has, like, the build to it, too. I mean, if he was, quote-unquote, I guess, big enough to play Bane in Batman, he's, you know, Bane has a very similar stance and, uh, uh, you know, fill size, I guess, as you could say Venom does. So, you know, that that kind of works out. So, yeah, exactly. Tom Hardy is a great actor. I love what he does. Um, uh, you know, go back to, have you ever seen Bronson? Uh that's the movie where he like plays himself or something like that there's two of them well he plays a character charlie bronson who was a murderer it's like a documentary kind of about him and he like does that so i don't know he there's two characters in there he plays yes okay he has a twin brother yeah that's what it is it's like he has a twin or something yeah so i loved him back in that and you know people rock and roll i didn't know he was in sucker punch a Zack snyder film 
and stuff like that. But you know, more people know him from Mad Max Fury Road. He was in uh, you know, Batman as Bane. But what people may forget that he has done is that he was up for the role of Rick Flag in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember talking. And about then he that. backed out. And look how great that movie! Yeah, is. <laughs> he made the right move. <laughs> so I think I don't think this is going to happen. I think Sony's been threatening us for years with these side Spider-Man villains, and they're uh-huh. like, "We're going to do it." And I don't think they're really going to do it. I don't. I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, I think he, he'll back out, or it'll get canceled. You think this is going to go to the way of Gambit? Maybe. Uh, maybe, P- quite possibly. Uh, one of those things. Again, like I said, it's not a promise; it's a threat at this point. Like, they're just like, "We're gonna do it." That Sinister Six movie's right around the corner. I'm like, no. Stop. <laughs> it does. It does kind of seem like maybe they're just. I feel like they're just kind of treading water and waiting to see how Spider-Man is gonna do coming up in July, and just mm-hmm. to see if like maybe if they don't have to do it, maybe they do. So. Maybe we'll hear more news after that, but I mean, it seems like Sony will have to come pretty hard uh, at Comic-Con because that'll be right after Spider-Man, so maybe we'll get some more news there. Yeah, and it will be Sony, not Marvel, because this movie is not set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which gets a lot of people riled up. And it's it's really bizarre and confusing at the same time because it's like, okay, I get that Sony and Marvel has the joint custody over Spider-Man. And uh, I think technically, you know, because it makes sense because what Spider-Man does in his own movie uh, reflects in the MCU because obviously you have Iron Man in the movie Mm -hmm. and uh, Spider-Man, you know, is jumping into the Avengers movies and everything like that. So it's just like, you know, Tom Holland at some point in time, if Sony is has any sort of degree of intelligence, will have Tom Holland cross with um, um uh, with Venom, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock. I mean, that makes total sense. So how can you say that's not in the MCU? Like, I get maybe you can say, like, uh, Venom will never cross with anybody in the MCU, but it just seems weird to say it's not in the same universe. It just makes it too confusing. Well, I mean, it's not... I don't think... I mean, you're just assuming Tom Holland will come over. I don't think he ever will. Well, what's the I point think, of a Venom movie if Spider-Man never shows up? Exactly. And that's where <laughs> people get confused because the creation of Venom is the black suit came from Spider-Man and created Venom. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, again, I don't know how they're going to do it. Nobody really wants them to do it, but they keep <laughs> threatening with this. Um, but the director is the director of Zombieland. They announced that. Ruben Flesher. Fleischer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people like Zombieland. Yeah, I think, it's I think a fine they, movie. So I don't see any problem with him. And it exists in this weird Sony Spider-Man universe. I don't know what they're going to call it, but it ties into our next topic. Silver and Black. Oh, and I think like, I know what this is. <laughs> yes, so this is the official title of the Black Cat Silver Sable movie. Um, rather than calling it Black Cat and Silver Sable, they're going to call it Silver and Black. Okay. As of right now, which is okay. I think that cleans up the name. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if we got to find some sort of positives, just go with the name. Yep. And the it will be directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, um, who actually is doing the pilot episodes of Cloak and Dagger and has done other superhero i believe tv shows okay so again if we're looking for positives mike she's she's okay and they're working from a script she i think she's working on the script from chris yost who did earth's mightiest heroes who was a showrunner from that yeah i mean that's positive i mean we're getting good things working here but uh, it's all under the roof of sony so that's where the trepidation comes from so the thing is i i'm okay with this because i think this has you could have these characters exist without spider-man and be totally fine because they can be like they're very generic. Like Silver Sable's a mercenary, Black Cat is a Catwoman light, you know. Uh, so I think you know that having some distance from Spider-Man is is okay. But they've released these early synopsis, or, or at least they were leaked here, and we're gonna at least kind of go through here, um, talking about how this character Mendelstrom and his two henchmen, the Scorpion, wink wink, <laughs> and the Tarantula killed Silver Sable's father. And now she's supposed to find Felicia Hardy, the black cat, uh, somewhere in South America. Okay? Sounds like a typical spy movie. This sounds like James Bond. Or not James Bond, a Mission Impossible, right off the bat. That sounds weird. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it does, but that's okay. I'll take weird over, like, confusing. If I had to choose between two, I'd take weird over confusing. Uh, but what they're going to do, it sounds like going on, if you read the synopsis here, like they're going to include the chameleon. Um, Felicia has been genetically enhanced, a mad scientist, 
has been backed by Norman Osborn. It sounds like they're just throwing all that they can at this movie, and including characters such as Dominic Fortune, Jessica Drew, who's known as Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. Craven the Hunter, Tombstone, and Charles Standish. Like, these are all huge Spider-Man characters you may remember from the 90s animated series. They're just throwing them in one movie. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it just calm so- down. Yeah, it sounds like they just they still don't know what they're doing. They're just throwing everything at the wall. Someone came in and took a picture of the whiteboard and was like, okay, I guess this is what our movie's gonna be. Um, I think it's <laughs> fine. I I think they're. Do you, might- th- you think they built like a web diagram for the <laughs> Spider-Man and just started like all these characters are connected. Let's use them all. Yeah. So I mean, when it comes to to uh, Silver Sable, Black Cat, and Venom. I think there are ways that you can start them in their very own movie without Spider-Man in there. You know, I think that can happen. I think any good storyteller and director, you know, can make a movie out of that. Even Venom. You know, actually one thing that is kind of maybe even slightly unfortunate when it's come to the symbiote, at least in some of the canon of Marvel, is that thing just by happenstance shows up on Earth. You know, it's just like by the stroke of luck that that symbiote attaches to Spider-Man. You know, sometimes I guess it, it like crash lands on a on a rock, as we saw in the Spider-Man movie. Sometimes it comes down like on a spaceship, but it's usually just by chance of fortune. So maybe they can find a way to make it more like, oh, we did this. I think. Um, what was it in the Ultimate Universe? Like, Peter Parker's yeah, it, dad was making the Venom? Yeah, so Peter Parker and Eddie Brock's dad were creating this anti-cancer suit. Yeah. And that created the Venom thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually, why it had, like, a connection with them. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of like that. And I think that could work. And I think that's okay. But eventually they got across to Spider-Man. I honestly don't give a shit about a Venom movie. And I don't care about a Black Cat movie if they eventually are never going to, like, team up with Spider-Man. Because that's the whole joy of these characters. Like, and if Spider-Man is never going to be involved, why even make the movies with this IP? You know, it's... It's just like, just go make literally any other spy movie with, um, like, kick-ass women in it. They don't need to be in the Spider-Man universe. Like, just invent something from the ground up, you know? Like, so Spider-Man has to show up in these, or I'm just never going to care. Well, I think it has to do with uh, producer Avi Arid, who's done, like, a lot of that. And he's (laughs) got, like, this hard-on for, like, Norman Osborn. Like, if you look at all the movies he's produced, Norman Osborn is in all of them, pretty Ugh, that, much. That guy. I can't say and, that. And that's, this, and he's he's the problem. But I think, like, <laughs> look, we have to he, we have to give him something if we're going to be still working with Marvel so he doesn't fuck up our deal. Uh, so maybe it's a playground. Maybe it's a false hopes. Again, we'll never see until it happens. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of characters, a lot of, lot of trouble there. A lot of characters. <laughs> a lot of characters. But that's okay because I, I'm going to, go out on a limb here and say we have our first teaser poster for Spider-Man the animated movie something Mike's just <laughs> equally not thrilled about um, but I'm okay with this I don't know why but I like what I'm seeing here Mike it's like a spray painted spider logo well did we ever so I've been comparing you know I can't compare a lot of stuff to the to the Gambit movie coming you know because who knows if it's ever gonna like rear its head did we ever get any sort of official poster for any Gambit stuff out there I wasn't sure if we did or not no uh, official artwork logos or posters but he did appear on a photo with other mutants that that is true so I guess technically now I don't know if I can use that comparison because it looks like this has uh, stepped past Gambit and has moved to at least creative artwork so um obviously i'll just go back to my original thoughts of just um i don't have i have no idea where an animated movie sets like the, i guess the only well, thing it is my it is a miles morales film yeah which which, which is that, cool that could be ultimate universe so that could totally exist outside of everything else we've ever seen yeah so but it's just like the last time we got one of these was big hero six but it was under um disney's control so I, I just don't know what's going on here. I need to see a trailer. I need to see what it's going to look like. I need to see what it's going to mm. feel like. So if it's winter 2018, and I believe the last time we talked about this movie, they had screened some sort of test footage or something for an audience. So they got something out there that they can show off, and maybe they'll show it off at, at basically what I'm saying everything's going to be showed off at, which is Comic-Con. Well, it's Comic-Con or, again, this if you look in the bottom right, this is Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures Animation. If the Emoji Movie tanks and that that report is true, that they will sell off Columbia if the Emoji Movie tanks, <laughs> which we're hoping it will, they may never even go through with this. So maybe they're just giving us little bits at a time. Yeah, that maybe. Way they don't have a lot out there but when it inevitably tanks and they have to sell it off. Oh, man, I can't stand those Emoji billboards around town. So <laughs> I've not seen any, thank God, but I do not envy you as well. Yeah. 
So, but that's okay because we're going to talk about the real Spider-Man. Uh. The real. <laughs> this is this is the true Spider-Man for Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, we, you were mentioned uh, Spider-Man Homecoming earlier, and I forget what, why. Oh, it's tracking to actually make more money than any other Spider-Man movie has made uh, opening. Wow. So, um, I actually this kind of surprised me a little bit, but I am I am impressed with that. So, um, go go Spider-Man. <laughs> and then we got two trailers this week, not just uh. one, but two. Why do I have to live in a world where Spider-Man news actually stresses me out? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we got two trailers. One's a domestic trailer. Trailer number three is what we'll call it. Um, so it, it's it's pretty not a lot of new footage. It's got a little bit of you get to see more of the the vulture a little bit. It's if anything, this is the less if I was compared to the last one, less spoilery than trailer two. If you want to say trailer two spoiled things, we haven't seen the movie. We don't know. Um, but it's got a lot there, and I actually found out I found out a fun fact about this movie um, this week as well. I thought the the girl Liz Allen that Spider Man was staring at in the trailers mm-hmm. was the actress Zendaya. Mm-hmm. That's not her. Oh, all right. That's the the girl who who's next to them that says you guys are weird. That is her. Oh well, you can you can tell from my um, shock and surprise that I did not watch the trailer. Out of, well, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't even think you would know that. Like, you still don't know that from the trailer. I had to go mm-hmm. Google search this. I'm like, they play. They said Zendaya goes playing a Michelle, which is obviously an allusion to Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who, who is this actress? Like, how does the hot girl end up here? And it wasn't her <laughs> at all. I was very confused. And I'm like, who are these young actresses? I'm getting old. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know you're getting old when you can't keep track of these up and coming people. There's probably people out there like, what do you mean you don't know who this person is? They're like a Snapchat star. They got like millions of followers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. So I totally didn't get that. And then the international trailer, just to, to throw that out there real quick, starts off showing Civil War from Peter Parker's point of view. Like, he's filming, like, on his phone in the shadows. Oh, yeah, I think I saw a little bit of that on Instagram. Basically, I'm so in the dark with these trailers because out of protest, I'm not watching them. Because, like you said, that last trailer, in my opinion, gave away way too much. I just can't... As from someone who didn't finish it, I don't I don't believe you at all. But go, yeah, go on. I, I just... I can't trust Sony with the way they're cutting the movie... Uh, cutting these movie trailers, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but I also can't trust them with the way they design their own posters. So anything that Sony has to do with this movie, I don't like. But I believe at the very core, it's Marvel Studios that is making the actual film. So I'm just trying to obscure the view. I'm just trying to get the stuff that's obscuring the view of the actual film out of my way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, I actually enjoy trailer three um, more than two. Um, I just think it, it's more of a – you get to see more of what the suit does. The suit has its own AI system, um, and it does this, like, glowy thing whenever he activates it. I don't know if that's just to show, hey, it's activated, or it's scanning them. He's got a, all sorts of web combinations, it says, like several hundred different ways to shoot his webs. And we've always seen that in, like, the old, you know, cartoons and video games, that he could, like, shoot a web ball or, like, create web hands, like, fists to punch with. Uh-huh. But, like – it doesn't make any sense if he's webbing his own hands up. How's he get that off of there? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. So I think they're going to be smart. Bring him into the modern era. Really excited for it. Uh, and you talked about the posters. I didn't. I, I honestly, I could blink and forget the posters. Um, they're very red and blue, <laughs> and that's about all I yeah. remember. Well, there's two posters out there. There's the good one, which I believe is the international poster. Uh, it's uh, it looks you know like it looks like a comic book cover. Like Spider Man's taking this very like dynamic stance. The vulture is behind them. Very simple, straightforward, action packed. And then you got this ridiculous one that literally has almost every character in the movie, with the exception of maybe like Donald Glover on it. Um, it's just very. Oh, hack- he shows up. He shows up in the trailer. Uh, yeah. trailer three for a clip. Yeah, that's a, that's what that's what I hear, Chris. I have heard that. I have not yeah. seen it. But yeah, the other trailer is just gross and garbage. Uh, it, it looks like it's not finished, uh, it, and it looks like it had a hand of a ton of producers in it. As and as from someone who like does like design like for a living. Like, obviously, this is going to irk me more than most people would. Like you said, you just kind of blinked and looked over them. But, like, what I see is just unprofessionalism on the level of this poster. And there's a lot of other people out there on the web that have an opinion about it. But then, of course, there's the majority of the people that just don't care about it. So, obviously, I know I'm in the minority here. But uh, short story is uh, there's one good poster out there and one bad poster. <laughs> yeah, posters don't sell me on the movie uh, because I've seen the footage. And, and I, I'm really excited for Spider-Man. 
more so than uh, the the other movies we have to see between now and then. Um, <laughs> I just got to get to the movie, man. I just got to keep dodging all this bullshit. <laughs> we got to get there. It's, I guess, on Tuesday? Maybe Wednesday will be a month away? Or, like, at least one month gap in there? So, we're getting there. Closer, closer, and closer. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, or whatever it's called, the ride that opened up at uh, Hollywood, or not Hollywood, Disney, California. Yeah, Disney, Disneyland, California Adventure. I just opened up today and saw wait lines for regular non-Fast Pass people are seven hours. Whew. And Fast Pass wait lines are five hours. Jeez. I guess just to give a little context, uh, I think the longest I've ever waited in a line at Disneyland is maybe about an hour an hour at most without a fast pass so that is ludicrous <laughs> yeah it's 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 stupid and that's like you know opening weekend of course at a disney yeah and doesn't disney california only have one park um well the way it works is uh Dis- disneyland itself has like two two parks you have to buy two tickets for each of them uh, one is like the main park that's been there for years it's the main flagship park with all like the main stuff in it and then california adventure was something that i guess was opened Maybe 20 years ago. I don't know how long. It's relatively new compared to the park. But, yeah, there's other stuff over there, and I guess you can drink over there. Uh, That's the only park you can find liquor in, I guess. But I have not been to the California Adventure section of the park, but that's a different ticket. But I guess that's where Breakout is. Yeah, so um, so it's it's there. But not only are the wait lines on our news topic here, there are – as you queue up to get in the line for this ride that I will never ride (laughs) – you walk by props from the MCU because this is technically set in the collector's vault. So are um, are you saying you're never going to ride this ride because of the type of ride it is? Yes, I, I, I rode the Tower of Terror and <laughs> I hated myself every minute afterwards. Yeah, it's one of those drop rides. Yeah, you go through it and it's cool and fun and all of a sudden it goes dark and you drop and you're like, nope. And then they open <laughs> up the windows and you can see across the park for as far as it is. And it just drops. I think they go up to, say, 30 to 40 mile per hour downward force mm-hmm. and uh when we did that for our honeymoon last year i, I nope nope <laughs> so but i might just wait in line until i'm supposed to get on just to see all these cool props and stuff because there are two new props on this uh that are might be marvel cinematic universe expansions they might just be teases but first up is what's called an asgardian warhammer mm-hmm. and the inscription says originated in the dwarves forge on nidvalir this finely crafted object is made of the powerful stone Uru, which is the same as Thor's hammer. And if you look at the shape here, it, it's got a flat end and a little bitty stubby axe end. And this is the exact hammer wielded by Beta Ray Bill of, yes. of Thor fame. Exactly, which I believe you pointed out maybe an episode episode or two ago. He's very much an alien, but he looks like a horse <laughs> yes. to any yeah. to any uh, anyone else. So. Um, I think I think this has to be pointing to something coming eventually. I mean, this has been very official rollout of a ride. Like, um, if you follow like James Gunn on Instagram and stuff like that, and and Facebook, he was there like for opening when the park when the ride opened. They have all the voice actors, you know, coming it, in for their stuff. You know, this I, is like it's official as it gets. You know. Yeah, and Kevin Feige's there. He was riding the ride with. Yeah, them. I mean, you it, know, this is the cinematic universe whole department rollout. Yeah, if Feige, shows. if Feige's there and you're seeing this, I'm thinking he's got he's got to show up. And I'm if I have to see Beta Ray Bill and something, I mean, maybe depending on how the tone of um, Ragnarok, maybe it would make sense if he shows up in Ragnarok. Uh, but I could see him maybe showing up so, in Guardians. Those, here, I think here, that kind of fits aesthetically. Here's a fun fact. Um, in the Planet Hulk animated movie, they swapped out Silver Surfer from the comics with Beta Ray Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he is, I mean, it, it would be such a throwaway, but maybe he's a, a contender or a character in the upcoming Ragnarok movie Whoa. as a contender on there. That would be crazy. I think I would I would lose it if I saw him pop up on the screen. But as I've said before, that's what I want from these Marvel movies now. I want to be surprised. And we got that a little bit of surprise. You know, I guess maybe I'll wait. Spoilers still. Maybe someone hasn't seen Guardians of too but you know that in credit scene was like a surprise we didn't know that mm-hmm. character was uh coming so uh this is cool i hope this i hope this is leading towards somewhere yes and next as i click on it is the what are called unknown mysterious artifacts mm-hmm. and um these say that they were found at the bottom of the terran ocean very little is known of the civilization that created them so if they're found at the bottom of the ocean mike who do you think they belong to uh this has got to be namor man 
Atlanteans, and they look like they're bound up with seashells and fancy jewels and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I I think you know we reported months ago that the Submariner project is building up in Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. So, what if this is a prelude to a Namor something or other? Yeah, I mean this is this is going to be uh, I I would say a little bit of a creative challenge for Marvel is that I think that Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa is going to drop before a Namor movie will, uh, just because the timelines are, are in their favor. And Aquaman is way more famous and popular than Namor is and more well-known. So how do you kind of take almost very similar type of characters that both live under the ocean, and like how do you separate them apart in your two different universes? It's kind of one of the few times where DC and Marvel really cross very closely when it comes to their types of characters. Like I know Darkseid is is kind of similar to Thanos a little bit, but nobody really knew who Thanos was anyway. A little bit more people know who Darkseid is, but you know they. No, visually... I'm going to go the other way because of the Infinity Gauntlet story uh, well, in the '90s well, was huge. Well, they you know they and then they visually they look a little different, and you know they're technically I guess like aliens, you know, so they could be from different parts. But I mean this is very much Earth, oceans. Uh, Atlantean, Atlantis, it just all crosses. So I'm going to be curious to see how they try to separate themselves. So, I mean, I think this is very similar to, more likely to the Flash and Quicksilver Mm -hmm. uh, scenarios. And I think they can do it, but I don't think, or I don't think Namor will make it to film. I think he's going to get a soft launch somewhere in like a TV film, or TV or Netflix launch. I guess, I guess maybe. Water's always... Water's Much like always Ghost Rider did. Yeah, water's always really expensive, though. So I always feel like water stuff is, you know, held f- to movie budgets. But I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, time will tell. If a Fantastic Four somehow makes it way makes its way back to Marvel, I think Namor and and film makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, it might. I I can't see how it works. Um, I think you know it's one of the again, like I said, it's an awkward thing. Uh, if they can figure out some way to maybe tie it into, mm-hmm. um, in humans or Shield, I I don't know. We'll we'll see how it works. But I think these this picture alone feels very good for yeah. for that. So yeah. I, I like I like the artifacts. I like but, the fun. I like but the I fun. but I can say I'm gonna try very very hard to check out this ride at some point in time this year. Uh, and the best part, some about sometimes the best part about these rides are actually waiting in line because they they go all out. Disney goes all out in their parks, even when it comes to lines. Like when you're waiting to go through the the Star Wars rides, you know you get to see C three PO and droids interacting and moving around. So um, I'll, I'll let you guys know whenever I get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Did you say droids? Yeah, droids, man. George, Star- great, because the next thing is Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> because I had no way to segue in there, and you did it. So there's a new photo gallery of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a bunch of Vanity Fair photos, I believe. And these are very, very cool photos, I think. I like looking at them here. Um, so, like, they, they feature the core characters on similar locations. So we get, like, Daisy Ridley and uh, Mark Hamill on the... Um, the watery planet, the Jedi original Jedi planet, it looks like there. Uh-huh. So they got that going on. Then we get Jay, uh, I'm sorry, not Jay, Ray training with her lightsaber. Uh, I think that's really cool. I don't know if you're watching these as I go through them as well, Mike, but yeah, um, no, no, I'm looking at them here. This is a very, uh, well-defined piece here that Vanity Fair did for star Wars. And all of these photos are very well staged. They're not like set photos or like set visits. Like they, they were very much like, let's get these people in their costumes. We're gonna set them in environments that we're used to. This is it's gonna be very nice pieces. They're they're like uh they're kind of like saturated in this kind of like authentic antique looking way. I mean, these are all really cool looking photos. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you would think they were almost screen caps of the film if you didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Like they they just done them so well. And then we get Ray and Chewie in the the Millennium Falcon, so we know it gets to go forward there. Um. Then we get to see, you know, Carrie Fisher, BB-8, the resistance here uh, with um, Rose Tico as the new character. Kelly Marie Tran as as Rose Tico. I don't know what she's going to do, but apparently maybe she plays a big role in this. Uh, But they're all looking pretty scruffy. Pretty new (laughs) scruffy looking nerf herders here. And then um, we get down and they get this weird spread piece here of, it looks like some sort of alien ballroom. Like a, it's called the Canto Blight Casino. And you kind of get to see a bunch of these alien creatures. And someone thought one of these was a Bothan. Mm-hmm. Because we've never physically seen a Bothan in a Star <laughs> Wars movie. Uh, it was not. But it just kind of looks like, I don't know, 
real puppet people, and and I don't see any CG ones that look overly CG, but yeah, and and I mean, out of all these photos, we we get very like nice sentimental ones with Leia in there, which is you know very important because mm-hmm. you know these might be some of the last like professional photos that she you know ever took. So it's it's really great that we have them. There's a really sweet one where um, she's being embraced by Luke, which is you know it's really great. Um, but news wise, I think is this like the first official look that we get of Benicio del Toro? Well, yeah, so we have Laura Dern first uh, in the article as Vice Admiral Amelin Holdo. Uh, she's got purple hair. Um, you may recognize her from Star or Jurassic Park, actually. Mm-hmm. And then Benicio del Toro as DJ, a very shifty character. So these are brand new additions and brand new looks at these characters here uh, in, in, in the universe. And I, I don't have anything to say. I mean, it doesn't reveal a whole lot from their pictures. Like, they kept them very, very vague, it looks like, for a reason. I think the best takeaway here is the kind of tone they're setting for this movie. Uh, I would say at least um, The Force Awakens, marketing-wise, was kind of treated as very, like, new, bright, exciting, fun, energetic. And this is kind of, as some might say, very Empire Strikes Back feely, you know. It's kind of somber. Yeah, is this going to be the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Wars movies? <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, this should get you excited. Yeah, and I think the last one you know, goes on. I forgot that General Hux was a character in the Star Wars films, simply <laughs> because in The Force Awakens he is so forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last photo is you get all the villains kind of mean mugging the camera here, including Captain Phasma with her mask off. Do you think we'll get her mask off in the... Uh, the film, or do you think she's going to be stormtrooper up the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Uh, I mean, everyone was excited to see this chrome trooper just like bust out and be badass, and was it uh, inevitably like thrown down a garbage chute? So hopefully, she gets some revenge. Uh, she's she's too badass. You, a, a, a stormtrooper that is chromed out is too badass to just throw down a garbage chute. We got to see her do something. Yeah, we got to see something happen. Uh, so yeah, there's a huge library of photos here. Go through them, scroll through them, take them in, uh, and just kind of look at them. I think they're cool. So we'll we'll hold out for more Star Wars news as as we move forward. Um, I also Star Wars eight nine the nine. The reports are it won't begin production until after this one's out, but like a month after the Last Jedi yeah, is they, in theaters. They gotta so, keep, keep the tra- keep the train rolling, man. Yeah, and well, and also with that moved up release date for it, um, they need to they need to crank it out within. I guess a year, almost a year and a month, a couple months from that. So, uh, go Star Wars! Woo! Uh, surprise announcement this week is Universal's Dark Universe. Universal's Dark Universe is so hard to say, <laughs> but they are now officially announcing their monster cinematic universe, with the Mummy being the first one. And we've got some new additions to this universe, including Javier Bardem and Johnny Depp, who you might have seen in the Pirates, um, the Caribbean movie this weekend. If mm-hmm. you want to watch that. So here are who they're going to play, Mike, and I'm going to you give me a yes or a no if you agree with it or don't agree. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter whether I agree with it, right? Because they've already been paid. <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah, I agree with this or no, I don't agree with this. All right. They, they could have done better. So Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. If we don't see him, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster. Oh, I mean, I could I could kind of see him uh, getting a CG'd and hulking out a little bit, kind of how Mark Ruffalo was. So yeah, I, I guess that could work. He's got the he's got the Frankenstein face. So <laughs> yeah, like, he's he, got he's got that jawline, man. Yeah, and that like like that thousand yard creepy stare. Sometimes mm-hmm. yeah, I'll give it to him. Uh, Russell Crowe as Doctor Jekyll slash Mister Hyde, mm-hmm. and we'll see him in the Mummy. Uh, Sophia Butella as the Mummy. Will she make it out of this movie, next movie? I don't know. Is this telling, or is this just hype? And lastly, Tom Cruise as some dude. <laughs> some dude, which I think you've talked about on the show. He Maybe he's the Wolfman or something? Someone said Wolfman. I think he's a Van Helsing descendant. Yeah, that that might make more sense. The thing is, when you look at this photo, if you if you told somebody this photo is for a movie and you just knew nothing about the movie at all, you would think all of these people are in a crew together. You know, they're all like uh, team members of something, maybe even Avengers style type of thing. No one really stands out here to look as like a villain or a bad guy. So like when you're setting up um, uh, the mummy 
as a bad guy that Tom Cruise is facing off against and, you know, quote unquote, the mummy, uh, you know, is he also going to be fighting bad guy Frankenstein and bad guy Invisible Man? Is, is Tom Cruise's job not to kill them, but turn them good by the end of the movie? And after a couple summers go by and we have a handful of films, does it become like his crew of monsters that fights an even bigger monster? Because if we don't see Wolfman, guess what? We also don't see Dracula. And I feel like mm-hmm. Dracula could end up being the big bad because he seems like a guy who could be smart and savvy enough to try to, you know, take over the world. I think vampires, like old mythology, they could like mind control people. So that would make sense if he's mind controlling people from the shadows. Yeah, maybe. So it's just weird to think how they're going to bring it all together. We've said from the very beginning that the idea of this dark universal monster universe just seems interesting. It seems not, it's not exactly fresh and new considering I think we link to a video in our show notes where it kind of shows a supercut of all these old movies of the monsters. So we've seen all of this stuff before, but this is just kind of like a new interesting take where Mm -hmm. instead of just like mining comic book properties, they're just like, Hey, let's just mine our monsters. So I think it's kind of an interesting, interesting take and, Tom Cruise might be crazy in real life, but he makes good movies, so hopefully The Mummy's good. I don't know if I'm going to go out and see it opening weekend, but I feel like maybe like a Saturday morning matinee where I have the cheapest ticket price imaginable. Maybe that's the best way to go see it, just to, just to see Test the Waters. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, and I need to watch to see if there's an after credit scene. Now they've announced these people, they can put them in the after credits. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Johnny Depp is in every franchise because he's <laughs> in Harry Potter and this and pirates like what what's that guy not in right now well apparently i i hear words that he's in like financial trouble so maybe he really needs this movie (laughs) he needs all of these franchises to start paying off well that's fun but also in the video you know there's teases of vampires and black lagoon creatures we've seen Mm -hmm. uh other universal monsters uh actually the next movie they've announced uh, is bride of frankenstein this universe cool so they're not just doing straight up Frankenstein's creation. Like, here's the bride of Frankenstein. So, uh, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Yeah, like, it, could, it could be fun. I, uh, it's got that Frankenstein movie has got to be better than that weird eye Frankenstein we got like two years ago. I don't think anybody even remembers it to be honest. Yeah, I forgot that existed. Well, actually, do you remember Dracula Untold? Um, you you heard about it? Oh man, it's. I feel like when you said it, I I saw like a frame of the trailer, but then that's literally all I got. So, so the guy who played um, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, I forget his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the Dracula in Dracula Untold, and that was supposed to originally kick this off, oh. <laughs> but it just tanked all around. So um, they may it, have to redo it, the. Rest it didn't of the have Dracula. Tom Cruise in it. If you're gonna launch a franchise, you might want to start with Tom Cruise. You, you gotta start with the big name, Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise, one of the two. And yeah, they went, they went this route. Because Brad Pitt does make... And Tom Cruise were both vampires in an interview with a vampire. <laughs> there so, you go. It all comes about. back around to vampires eventually. It all does, eventually. So, that's okay. But, you know, they're calling this Dark Universe. And I kept thinking, what? why does this sound so familiar, Mike? <laughs> that's because DC has been working on something called Dark Universe, also known as Justice League Dark. Uh-huh. And I'm, I've been very confused. And I was like, okay, great. So Justice League Dark, and as soon as this Dark Universe was announced, <laughs> this week, they announced Justice League Dark. The director, Doug Lyman, who I believe was in charge of Gambit at one point, <laughs> has uh, exited this project as well. Uh, so- first it was Guillermo, and now we're losing uh, Doug Lyman. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Universal was just like, uh, we don't think that movie's ever going to get made. Let's just go ahead and move forward with the with the dark universe nomenclature because uh, DC, they had their chance. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't pull their trigger fast enough, so we're naming it. And so he's out of the film, but rumors are that this um, Argentinian director, Damien Zizifran, uh, who, is, who was supposed to help Universal's six billion dollar man movie that hasn't been made yet um (laughs) is is maybe in talks next to take this over so uh maybe you know um settling on those foreign directors they tend to have an interesting sense of horror and darkness uh guillermo del toro did i mean he definitely does yeah so 
um, maybe maybe be okay, but I just think they just need to go ahead and stop talking about it and just start doing <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I'm positive we had an entire news segment where we talked about Doug Lyman joining the project and how we felt about it. So I don't I don't feel like we should waste time talking about how we feel this uh, foreign director is on the movie because, who knows, in two months we could be talking about how he's exited the movie. So let's well, just if wait. We, <laughs> if we talk about it, it's probably not going to come true. That's what I'm learning <laughs> about here. Uh, in continuing the DC trend, another Justice League movie. Just regular Justice League got got some tragic news here, I yeah. guess, this week. Um, with Zack Snyder and his wife Deborah Snyder, who's a producer on the films, have to exit Justice League due to um, his, his daughter dying back actually in March. Yeah. Not even, not even recently. It's just super sad. I believe the story was he was going to keep it quiet, you know, just because when tragedy happens, you don't just let the whole world know, you know, you want to keep it to yeah. yourself. And it and it seems like he would have been able to uh, let that happen, but these Justice League reshoots came up because it seems like the movie's not doing too well, so we got to, you know, help fix and triage the movie, reshoot a bunch of stuff, and they're like, Zach, we need you to come back in. And he's just like, dudes... Like I just, I just lost someone in my family. I, I believe it was his daughter committed suicide. Yeah. Is like he's not gonna come back in and try to fix the movie. Like he, he can, he literally cannot do it. And I don't think any anyone would blame him for taking a break from the movie. So uh, I, I hope, I hope things turn up better for Zach because that's that's super sad. Okay, well I'm gonna go ahead and just everything Mike said was pure speculation. I'm gonna tell you what really happened because. I, I read he read he had an interview this week as well mm-hmm. about this where he was like he was he wasn't gonna tell him but he wanted to go back into work and just if he focused on the work he could forget about everything that happened. Well, his family wasn't dealing well with it. So when his family wasn't dealing well with it, that's when he decided he needed to step away. And in news that nobody wants to celebrate, Joss Whedon is taking over Justice League. Yeah, from talk, now until the end. Talk about some uncomfortable news right there, because I think the comic book community, for the most part, really loves Joss Whedon. You know, Age of Ultron. You know, mixed reviews yeah. there, but you know, he brought the Avengers to life on screen. Everybody loved that. Uh, you know, he made Firefly. You know, everybody loves him. So if it had to go to somebody due to this tragic loss, uh, I guess we can be uh, lessen our worry. That uh, Joss Whedon is uh, stepping up to the plate for Justice League, and also yeah. this isn't this isn't his like first um, his first uh, foyer into DC. Uh, I guess officially maybe it is, but you know he's supposed to be working on the Batgirl movie too. So mm-hmm. it seems like he's in the DC family right now, just helping out. So we got we got Uncle Joss. Uh, 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 Grandpa Whedon, depending, yeah. I guess, the age range. He's coming. And he's like, "Don't worry, guys. We got this loss, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help everyone feel better." He's just going around giving everybody hugs. I want a Joss Whedon hug, man. Yeah, well, it's good because I mean, if you think about it, the time they announced Batgirl was in March when all mm-hmm. this kind of went down, and maybe, and he's actually Joss has been working on the film already, just like with these upcoming reshoots. So he was actually already in control of the reshoots and like re-edits of the film that we were that we reported about last week. Remember, we were talking about them. Yeah, and we were like, well, I hope they're if they are doing this. It could be for good. Well, Joss was in charge of those, so I actually feel much better about it now already. Yeah, the I, film as a whole. It's just it's just crazy. It's just a whirlwind of news, and um, I believe uh, Snyder he said mm-hmm. he kind of he didn't want to tell the world because he didn't want these rumors to be spreading around. He didn't. People didn't want to think he was like being booted from Warner Brothers or something like that because he was, you know, taking a leave from the movie. So it's just crazy uh, the kind of stuff that can whirl around there in the internet. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like again, like I said, it's good news. Nobody wants to celebrate uh, like a transition because uh, I mean, even though we've given Zack Snyder shit for years uh, on all the movies, like you know, we don't wish. Ill yeah, on people. Yeah, that's like, a to- that's a totally different level. That's the same reason. It's kind of like the same type of analogy where I can be like, I can like Tom Cruise movies and totally disagree with his personal life. Like when you when you're ingesting this stuff like from Hollywood and entertainment, you gotta be able to separate kind of like the creative from the personal and just you gotta silo this stuff off and treat it how it should be treated. So uh, I wish all the best to uh, to Zack Snyder and um, let's hope this Justice League movie is good. Yeah, yeah, good. Hopefully, good future for everybody going forward. So, cross fingers there. Wonder Woman coming out this Thursday. Um, int- um, you said you had something you want to talk about, Wonder Woman. Uh, I just wanted to say that it was coming out this week, <laughs> and we'll be having a spoiler cast next week. Well, I, I think people are kind of um, 
like you said, there's a lot of weird hype with this movie right now. And I think, I feel like everybody has pre-written their blog for this movie, which is like really annoying. I feel like everybody's getting the think pieces ready. Like, okay, how are we going to, what's going to be our unique take on this first female superhero movie? What's what, what's going to get us the most clicks? What, what, what like female feminist headline can we throw on our, our Wonder Woman movie blog? And it's just like, whoa, people like, just like take a step back. This is, it's just a movie. Like uh, a lot of people are tinging so much on this. They're saying like, oh, well, if one, if this movie's bad people are gonna think female super movies female superhero movies can never be good and it's just like they're not gonna extrapolate that from one movie i mean a suicide squad was a bad movie and no one's thinking oh well you can't do a movie with villains anymore like no one no one's thinking that so like i think people are just extrapolating this like too much putting like too much weight on this female-led movie like i think it's awesome that i got greenlit um i hope it's great but if it's not i'm not like if basically if wonder woman is a bad movie i'm not gonna think captain marvel is gonna be a bad movie that's just a stupid analogy to make like you just got to look at the movie as itself. I hope it's good. The trailers look good. I've started to hear good early buzz about the movie. So I hope that, you know, rings true. We talked about that a little last week. You think it, you personally think it's maybe not all uh, maybe accurate, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see. The movie's coming out just, we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, we, we definitely will. We'll be talking about the spoiler cast next week. I have not bought my tickets yet. Um, I don't believe you have either. <laughs> um, that tells you how pumped we are to get that. Um, well, the, but... the the hype isn't as necessary. Like, I buy my Guardians tickets and my Star Wars tickets as soon as possible because if you don't, the seats are literally sold out. Uh, with Wonder Woman, it seems like people are maybe just waiting to see how their weekend uh, shakes out. Like, when's the best time to go see Wonder Woman? Not necessarily, I got to see Wonder Woman Thursday night. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but, I mean, it's just interesting, like I said, like there is good hype for this movie, and then there's absolutely no hype, <laughs> nothing bad, just nothing, and that's a little weird. It feels weird to have that void. There's no one like, there's no anti Wonder Woman people. I, I think. Well, there were those. That- uh, there's there was that really bizarre protest that I feel like I totally missed. Where they were doing like a female only screening of Wonder Woman, which oh, actually yeah, sounds several of those across the country. Like, which sounds sound like great. yeah, it sounded really cool. Actually, unfortunately, I can't go, but it still sounded really cool. Like you can wait outside and pick up chicks. Right? <laughs> totally. Like that sounded like pretty badass. Like that that they kind of get their own screening. Like I thought that was cool. But then apparently there's a bunch of like dickheads out there that were just like they can't have their own movie. That's that's like discrimination. So it's like uh, just chill out, okay check your male privilege somewhere else like go make more money than them you'll feel fine because apparently that's you know that's the sad truth so. they would not complain about male only viewings of superman or batman oh Ooh, yeah so, that would that would not be good <laughs> yeah so i yeah to me I, whatever do whatever screenings you want to do with any movie i don't care as long as people <laughs> are watching them and, and it's good yeah so so we'll take that uh, I probably should have put this up earlier but tom holland has been cast in the uncharted movie as in young nathan drake yeah, so the only thing I know about Uncharted is it's kind of like a Indiana Jones video game, and I guess what I read when this news came out is there's flashbacks in one of the games where you see Nathan Drake as a young person, and I guess that's... Is that a what Tom Holland's person. doing? Yeah. So this is essentially <laughs> the movie will be a prequel now, focusing on that young Nathan Drake. I assume probably like the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah. All right. From the 2000s. So, and that's fine. I don't, I'm not too precious on Uncharted. I know a lot of people are. But Tom Holland has been knocking out of the park with everything he's done, not just Spider Man, other movies uh, as well. So, I think, you know, this is fine. I mean, oh. as long as they're moving <laughs> along with it. Sure, all, I, all I have to say is uh, good luck on that video game movie of yours, whatever studio is taking this on, because it's uh, a PlayStation <laughs> It's probably Sony. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll, it'll go very far. That's okay. Deadpool 2 has some news, though. We're going to switch it up and talk a little Fox uh, universe here. Jack Kesey, I don't know who this guy is at all, has <laughs> been cast as the main villain. I like very... I like how literally as you were saying that, I was highlighting his name, pasting it into <laughs> Google, so I could be like, wait, who's this guy? <laughs> Jack Kesey, I don't know who he is. He's been cast as the main villain. Uh, he looks like a villain. He looks like a Deadpool 2 villain. Um, and he's very heavily rumored to play the character Black... Tom Cassidy, I believe. Is his name Black Tom Cassidy? Yes, Black Tom Cassidy. <laughs> who is someone who has had two different power sets. Uh, one of them, he can like merge into like plant life and control like plant life kind of weirdly. And then um, 
I forget what the other one's like. He could just shoot like beams out of his hands or something. I don't know. Black Tom Cassidy is not a character you see a lot of in the comic books. Well, I but guess he looks he, like I, a pirate. I guess he does have a little bit of comic book cred because now that I'm looking at him, he was in. Uh, well, I guess technically maybe still is in that TV show The Strain, which was a Guillermo del Toro like comic book turned uh, TV show on FX, which I had a funny moment uh, when me and my wife were watching TV the other day. I was just like, did you know they're still making The Strain? Like the final season's like coming out this year. We were like, really? Because we watched like the first couple episodes and we just figured it was like a kind of like a weird vampire walking dead type thing that just didn't really vibe with us but i guess he's in that show so right. he's no stranger to uh comic book uh nerdy stuff yeah and what i meant was with black tom cassie he can control discharge concussive blasts of force and heat through any wooden medium only through wood <laughs> very specific so he, had, he had like a wooden <laughs> stick he carried around i remember because he looked like a pirate because he always had a wood stick and i'm like what like Imagine like him having a wooden peg leg and doing that, just stomping at the ground and doing that. Either way, uh, but then he was changed to where he could like a humanoid plant, and he could live in plant bodies and affect foliage and trees to make him part of his body. Really weird. I don't know which version they're gonna go with, even if they go with him. Well, the but, best uh, the best part about Deadpool is even if he is facing off against a very bizarre villain for a movie, he would just make fun of it. Like, would mm. really? That's your power? Would? Would matter. That's like weird, man. And then Maybe like he would like punch him and then make like a dick joke or something. Exactly. <laughs> a wood joke. Definitely. There's one in there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, whoever, whatever happens, I trust Deadpool too. Um, you know, we got Josh Brolin and and Ryan Reynolds and everyone, and it, it looks it sounds fun to me. I'm good with it. And then we also got some new words on the New Mutants front here. Um, that is going to be a horror film with no costumes and no traditional supervillain. Whoa, really? <laughs> yep, so it's going to be held in a secret facility against their will. Five new mutants have to battle the dangers of their powers, as well as the sins of their past, and they aren't out to save the world, they're just trying to save themselves. Oh, so this is intriguing, because what do we always say about um, avoiding superhero fatigue? It's create unique superhero mm-hmm. movies that all have their own tone. So if this is kind of our first real horror scary superhero movie i guess that's a good thing i um they tried uh, what was it josh trank who tried to do that with the last fantastic four movie which was over at fox he said he was trying to go like body horror or stuff like that so maybe fox has learned their lesson and and are gonna let them do what they want to do but if if this is if this is true it sounds cool and if it actually pans out it sounds it sounds so i don't know if fox has learned their lesson they're hit or miss um yeah that's a good way to put it they they have Dark Phoenix going on, which I feel is a big miss. Mm-hmm. And New Mutants, which I feel could be a big hit. So if they take the Deadpool approach, they're like, you know what, here you go. There's a property that people have seen the script on, has been leaked. Just go do whatever with it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So I, I have good faith in this one, more so than Dark Phoenix. Well, and also, this is going to be taking place in, I I, th- I believe, the present day. So it could be maybe canonical with Deadpool, maybe at some point in time. So at least we're back in the future and not in this weird, bizarre, like, jumping a decade every time we make an X- X-Men movie. So um, maybe I can look more forward to this because it feels more like a reboot, which is what I want from Fox. I want that reboot. And that Phoenix movie is not a reboot at all. We're just kind of getting these uh, carried over characters from Apocalypse, which is a movie we didn't like. Yeah, uh, but if it goes by you know, tradition, the next one should be okay, hopefully. I, I don't mm. know. It's It's got like Star Trek syndrome. Like random movies are bad and random movies are good for no real rhyme or reason. <laughs> so it's fun. But we got some casting news. Rosario Dawson, who's in like everything... Uh, is being cast as Dr. Cecilia Reyes, a doctor and former member of the X-Men, to generate a force field that's tied to her life force and will be her mentor, not like, um, you know, Xavier Magneto Mm -hmm. in this one. So that's that's okay with my book. And then lastly, uh, the character Sunspot has possibly been cast as uh, by Henry Zaga, who's in like the Teen Wolf TV show. All right. Another young young person that we're not familiar with. (laughs) Yes. Yes, so there's that. And I got two more bits of news here, Mike, to end up the show. I don't have the links in here because I forgot to link them, but I don't know if you watched them or not, but there's a Castlevania animated series coming to Netflix. Yes, I watched that. I believe it's a only... 
I don't know if it's a technically a full trailer or a teaser or just a mini trailer, but I did watch it and it looks kind of cool. I've never really played a Castlevania game, but uh, I like the whole idea of uh, you know someone with a whip trying to kill a vampire. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I believe his name was like Alucard, which is just Dracula backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, clever, cool. clever you, Capcom. I believe it's so, Capcom. Could be. I I don't. Yeah, maybe I, he might have been in those. Is he um, in Marvel vs. Capcom ever? <laughs> if he isn't, the Capcom he, side. Oh well, there you go. I don't know. Maybe it's Konami. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are really, really uh, into this, so that, that's good for them. And lastly, last week there was a Dark Crystal series uh, coming to Netflix as well. A live action Back to the Puppets. I think it's a prequel uh, to the, actually the Dark Crystal. I I will be the first to admit, I don't know why that gives me any sort of street cred if I say first to admit. I don't believe I've ever seen this. So I, I think I've seen plenty of like screenshots and uh, grabs, you know, over the decades while I've been alive. But I don't think I've ever actually seen the original movie. So I think I do vaguely remember the puppet. So maybe I've seen parts of it on VHS when it's been thrown up on the old tube style TV back in the house, back in the days when I was probably playing with my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures. So um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of opinions on this, but... Uh, I think we can trust Netflix for the most part. I mean, except for that Iron Fist, <laughs> so, you know, bada, bada, uh, boondoggle. Yeah, so what's really interesting about the Dark Crystal here is I'm a big Jim Henson fan, uh, mostly because of the Muppets normally, but, like, this whole teaser is, like, Jim Henson talking about why, or, you know, at least, you know, not maybe Jim Henson, but why Jim Henson's vision of the Dark Crystal is so inspiring and, like, original sketches of these characters and stuff like that building mm-hmm. up to... This, uh, I guess, Age of Resistance, which I think is you know, definitely a prequel, but they're going back and using the puppets and like you know building these original characters back to look like they belong in here. And there's nothing unsettling, more unsettling than these Dark Crystal puppets. <laughs> yeah, like, creepy they, puppets that can be a, a thing of nightmares. Yeah, and they'll, they'll give you, you know, some nightmares. And the Dark Crystal, I think, is also um, it has some comic books that have been coming out recently. So there's like a resurgence in this late '80s. Um, you know, cult movie. So uh, Netflix, uh, other than The Keepers, I believe you mentioned earlier, some new products are also picking up some, uh, I guess, uh, adaptations. So Castlevania adaptation and this an adaptation prequel. So uh, nothing, Netflix is just knocking it out of the park. <laughs> nothing is safe from being mined. I believe I saw a, um, a blog the other day that said uh, 15 of the top grossing movies from the 80s only three of them haven't been slated to be rebooted or remade or sequelized. So uh, they're definitely, Hollywood's definitely going back and aging and uh, grabbing what they can from the past. Yep, nothing, no originals uh, ideas out there anymore, Mike. So we're just going to suck it up and deal with it for now. As as long as they don't remake Back to the Future. I pray to God Robert Zemeckis lives as long as possible and somehow gives the rights to his kids or something. They can't. Re- they can't remake that. What if they re like it's a re- sequel reboot? No, like no. It comes to the future. No, <laughs> no, Chris. And they have to do. I'm. I'm gonna write him. I'm gonna write him a, a movie script pitch. So we're gonna go with that. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm the fault. I'm at fault here. You put this in my head. <laughs> I'll put that on you, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, that's right. So that's our news for the week. Um, a little bit here, a little bit there, kind of all over the place. I love it. Good week full of news. But, um, Mike, people want to know more about what you're doing, what you're up to, how you're spending your uh, longer weekend here. Where can they figure that out? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram. And you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to know what you're up to, I have a feeling you're going to be in a market for a new drone soon because you seem to be uh, sharing links with me for this new DJI drone. People want to follow you and see if you drop that if you drop that cash on it, where can they see that? Oh, man, it's so tempting. But you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I'll, I'll definitely post stuff there. Uh, it's more of a play drone than a work drone, but that's okay. And then you can uh, check out Comic UI and Filmside Chats. And upcoming uh, shows, I've got Animation Marvels and some other stuff. So I've, you're a, I've got you're, more you're a busy projects man. <laughs> than I can check a stick at. But that's okay. I, I love doing it. Um, in the meantime, if people are listening for the first time and they want to know more about Super Slate, where can they find that out? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our dear show. And to 
check out all the show notes we have for the show. So if you want to check out these trailers that we talked about and you don't want to hunt them down, just go look at our show notes and you can uh, get links right to that stuff. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to pick up some Superhero Slate merch, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. You can get like shirts and mugs and I think maybe yeah. even mouse pads or something. I, I can't even keep track of all the stuff you can slap our logo on. I uh, have a mouse pad, but I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, listener Jason for buying a shirt this week. Yeah, uh, awesome. I, I, I bought it. My, the, they were having a sale on them and I bought one for me and then he said he bought one. So, uh, you know, thank you, Jason, for, for, for supporting the show. Super, super awesome, super sweet. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to the show, especially iTunes. That's super, super helpful. I know sometimes it seems like a like a drag, but there's probably just a couple taps on your smartphone. I think you could find that review somewhere. Leave us uh, five stars, four stars, whatever you think the show deserves, and uh, drop us a review. That's super helpful. And uh, drop us a comment, a like, whatever, whatever you do. However you interact with this show on the interwebs, just uh, uh, click that button, tap that screen. <laughs> whatever you got to do I don't know uh, but if you're if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is uh, share the show with a friend share with the show with a buddy and we will be here every week Chris mm-hmm. we will and twice next week because the Wonder Woman spoiler cast yes that's right so make sure you're subscribed so you have that pop up in your feed well if you're enjoying your Memorial Day uh, barbecue cookout and listening to us while you grill those tasty meats uh, we thank you uh, if not we'll see you next week alright I'll see your tasty meats next week Chris Oh, delicious. <laughs> bye. Okay, okay, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, could, could, could you be a decent person for one <laughs> <Yeah>. episode? <laughs> okay, Please. I will. I will.